Welcome to the Manners Podcast, where our host, Joey Ferjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church in Philadelphia, is teaching on how to be a biblical man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Manners Act Like a Man. This is episode four. My name is Joey, and I'm the lead pastor of the Block Church. And our whole goal of this podcast is to help you act like a man, and also, ladies, to help you look when you're looking find the right man. And uh, we're, we're looking to uh, hit Christian values on manhood. And today I've got a special guest. Uh, Carl Day is in the house. Say hello, everybody. What's good, y'all? And uh, I had to replace Xavier because, you know, he was just getting a little stale, you know? So I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I wanted to talk to Pastor Carl Day, who is an incredible electric individual. And uh, Pastor, tell us all the things that you do. Man, that's an amazing introduction. I might need you to do my intros everywhere I go. I'm going to do it. Electric. Um, I can keep going. Yeah, 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 man. Electric, incredible, remarkable, anointed, (laughs) uh, busy, full. Oh, man. Powerful. I'm just saying. All right, come on. Give it to us. What do you do? So, um, Pastor Culture Changing Christians uh, Worship Center. Um, Also, activist, uh, organizer, and community. Uh, Just a mentor. a little bit of everything, to be honest with you, you know. That, that is true. If you follow him on social media, uh, he also goes by Pastor of the Hood. Is that right? Amen. Pastor of the Hood. And yes, totally active, totally full. We connected, I guess, uh, during the pandemic when yeah. uh, our city was literally on fire. Literally. And somehow we connected and yeah, I was just like, what can we do to help and connect? And he's like, well, I'm going to be out in the streets trying to keep our city from burning to the ground. And that's kind of what you did. Yeah, man, it was crazy times, definitely crazy times. And, you know, you definitely did reach out, uh, which, you know, I appreciate it um, and also respect it because, you know, a lot of times it's a lot going on and everybody's like behind the, the keyboard saying like, yo, just praying for the city. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, others are like, hey, man, no, well, what can we do? You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely I, respect I'm, I'm kind of over the I'm the, the I'm kind of over the texting. I'm praying for you thing like my mom's praying enough. I need you to do something. You know what I mean? Indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed, man. But anyway, uh, before we get into anything, I just felt like you could help us become a better man. There's some guys out there. They're looking for a lady. Uh, there's some guys out there. They're just they're looking for a job. There's some guys out there just looking to what, what does it take to be a man? And you felt like you had something you could show us. For sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, outside of the fact that, you know, like we, we had a lot of prayer and we kind of married up. Um, <laughs> yes, so we kind of were like lucky, you know what I'm saying? Blessed. You got like, kids, right? Married kids? Yes, How many kids? Four. Three boys and a girl. Wow. Yeah, so. My wife's keeping us at two, by the way. Oh, man. She doesn't want any more of, of me running around I on this totally world. I totally understand it, man. I totally understand it. So, so how, how did you end up marrying up and then having four kids? Show us. Show us how. Man. Um, one thing I'll do is <laughs> I brought something special here. All right. <laughs> I am like, Huge on fragrance, um, somewhat of a fragrance snob. So I'm kind of starting it out. I'm setting you know, I'm setting the bar high. You know, uh, I brought one of my favorite fragrances from Bond Number no. Nine, Lafayette Street. All right, and I will say, all right, disclaimer: um, if you are a person that doesn't really, really get into fragrance or buy cologne, um, you're gonna say I'm not spending this for a bottle of cologne. But I'm here to tell you right now. Um, there are different levels and tiers of cologne. And men, it is very important, man, to have good fragrance because 
perhaps you may not be the best looking guy <laughs> and maybe even maybe not be that fashionably, you know, uh, um, trendy or anything else. But I'm going to tell you one thing women do love. Good. They love it if you smell good. That's great. And, and what I want to do is help brothers graduate from like Axe body spray and, and, and shopping, you know, and letting the 89 year old lady at Macy's counter give you like something that's going to be like cheesy that she tells you smell good because it's new. That's so good. Literally get three bottles of cologne. And you got to have three because you got at least three because the thing is, you may feel different for different days. Okay. You don't want to smell the same all the time. But women love things to smell good. And I'm telling you, you smell good. You walk by a woman, she's going to turn around and say, man, what was that? And who's that? If you, it's kind of like playing a sport, you know, where it's like if if you look good, you feel good, feel good, you play good. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and the same goes for, hey, if you smell good, you feel good. Absolutely. If you feel good, you might look better than you actually are. So Absolutely. And it's a conversation starter. Women are going to say, you smell good. What is that you have on? <laughs> Man, we're so helpful. I mean, we just, we just helped somebody get married today. <laughs> we just helped grow the kingdom. Somebody's going to have kids uh, in Jesus' name inside of their marriage, and, uh, and it's all going to be because of you. Oh, because a woman said, man, what do you have more? <laughs> and and you, somebody's going to go out today, and by the way, uh, Lafayette Street, number nine, they're going to sponsor this. They don't know that yet, but they're going to give us a million dollars to help us do all that we're doing to reach people and make boys men, which is what I want to get into today, by Alrighty. the way. All right. Thank you, Lafayette, number nine, for for sponsoring us, and uh, that's a joke. Uh, okay, so so... Pastor of the Hood, that's kind of your your uh, nickname, if you will. You do a bunch of stuff. You're active in city government, uh, obviously a pastor. Um, you know, you uh, have quite the social media following when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I, I kind of want to know, like, your main objective uh, in doing all this is what? Fill in the blank. My main objective is, you know, with, with James States, you know— um, I'm going to show you my faith by my works, you know? So um, faith without the works is dead in itself. So for me, I'm trying to let people see Christ. Um, I feel like, you know, pastors have taken a hit um, Definitely. over time. And, and there, there's some merit to it, you know what I mean? And for me, I, I just want to restore the presence of the church um, and the voices uh, of pastors back in community, but also um, in the areas of government, you know, like we can't allow people to make policies and do different things that impact our people mm. and our communities without really um, at least having a voice and trying to uh, bring back our values, mm. you know, and reinstill our values in the midst of all of that. So, yeah, I think one of the things uh, that I really respect about you is you are active in in city government and policymaking, uh, or, or I guess I wouldn't say policymaking, but right. you're a voice in in these things. You have influence, but um, one thing that you you told me is like. I'm not going to take a, a government role, at least at this juncture, even though they get offered to you all the time. Yeah. Because of why? Explain that. I mean, I, I feel like politicians at some point, you know, and that's on both sides and all of that. People play the bases. For me, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really an independent. So, like, I, I, I'm the prime example of somebody who's like, listen, I'm, I'm cool and I'm on the side of the Bible on all things. So like, and, and that's not just excluding anything or not particularly calling anything out, but I, I'm weird, weird, weird on what the Bible says. So like for me, um, I just feel like there has to be a level of compromise. It, once if you're going you, to be a politician, you have yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? Because again, like your role, you represent a lot of people, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like- I'm fine with eh. compromise. My problem is corruption, but I guess that's another podcast, but- mm. <laughs> mm. And I mean, and even with that, you know, the people who 
who support you, fund you, back you, and everything yeah. else, you still almost got to placate to them. So it's I just know. like, eh. Which is why you're saying, man, I couldn't get into politics because I got I to gotta stand on the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yet there's a way to leverage influence. And one of the big issues in our city, uh, we're, we're in Philadelphia, and one of the biggest issues in our city is, I mean, fatherless, fatherlessness is a huge issue. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia is an, an incredibly poor. We, we have the most deep poverty yeah, in the United States. Out of large cities, yeah. Yeah, well, deep poverty being like, you know, $15,000 total annual household income or less. Um, I mean, there, there's just so, there's so much stuff. And, and uh, you go on and on about the drug uh, issues and the crime issues and the murders, just it's constant. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And you're out there, we're out there, but you're out there, uh, you know, on the front lines, uh, really trying to make boys men. And I want you to talk a little bit about some of the strategies, uh, that you have to do that and kind of what you have going. So, um, yeah, man, and you're right on it. A lot of those issues are very, very prevalent. Um, and I mean, we know a lot of them systemic, they have systemic roots, you know what I mean? That call, have caused, you know, pipelines to prisons, divestment in schools, uh, the, the, the flooding of drugs into communities and whatnot that have led people to having broken homes and not, fathers not present, fathers being killed, drug addiction. From that, man, we just try to really fulfill and carry out with, you know, the example that the father has mm. and how he loves us, mm. you know, cause I truly believe that, um, constantly questioned by, you know, lawmakers and whatnot. Pastor, what can we do? And how do we, what's the answer? I'm like, listen, while we're looking for these sophisticated answers, man, we really have to get back and really infuse love in our communities. Mm. And I, and I mean that like it, it's cliche the most, mm. but the truth of the matter is it's the most powerful force that we have on this earth and beyond it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that entire Bible consists about love. And even in the most practical forms of us getting out, really loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Like I mandate that from our church. I mandate mm. that from those who serve with us, who work with us. Like, what would you want for yourself? Mm. You know, so like mm. if you're seeing a, a mother and a child out here, or you're seeing this child outside at night and you know that he's out all times of the night, mm. you can almost predict the trajectory of where his sure. life is headed. I got to reach that kid and love that kid. You know why? Because I got kids that got to grow up with that mm, kid. Mm. You know, I see this kid is out here, you know what I'm saying? Shoes worn down. Or I see a, you know, young girl out here and she don't have much or she's out here and it looks like she really needs some help or a parent is struggling. I mean, you have people in the cities, you would see people steal electric. Mm. <laughs> like literally, like yeah. they would have to run a, a cord across, you know, a house, one house to another that's mm -hmm. like abandoned and they're using like live electricity so mm -hmm. that they can have electricity. And it's just mm -hmm. like people will watch that stuff normally and just mind their own business. Instead of us like gathering as a block and mm -hmm. saying like, yo, how much is the electric bill? Mm -hmm. What can we do to put that together to just help you? Mm -hmm. You know, and again, it's just like those things are still miracles while yet small things to us that we take for granted and in the hearts and minds of people. So we reach these young brothers, man, and it's not just it's not just hey handouts. You, you have a, a mission of hand up. I mean, it's uh, not just. I'm not just trying to pay an electric bill. Absolutely, I'm trying no. to get you to live a life worthy of your existence. Absolutely, man. We have, we run a program called Beat the Block, and we're trying to beat this block mentality that's out there. Beat the block. Beat the block. Yep, because it's like everybody hustles on the block, and the block really consumes and swallow our children whole. For some of those who may not know. When you say hustles on the block to find that. You selling drugs, you know, you get caught up or engulfed in the culture, you know, that comes with being on the block. 
you know what I'm saying? And I know you're like block church, but yeah. it's like, but the it's like, church, yeah, yeah, but it's like, you know, um, but yeah, somebody be like, yo, I'm on a block, like, and this is what I'm doing. So what we've done is, man, you know, running around, doing a lot of what I do, being able to secure, uh, you know, private sources of funds and everything else, man, we, we really put up, we $2,000 a month into mm. young men, mm. um, 18 to 24, because uh, we realized the influence that they have too on the teenagers, you know, mm. and it's just like, I can be as credible as they come, but um, it's like, I'm, I'm an old man now to them, you know what I'm saying? I'm late thirties, but I'm still old, you know, I'm old to them, not, to, not in life, but um, yeah, man. So we pay those guys. And like you said, it's not just a handout, it's a hand up because so many people are so prideful. They think that these young people, if invested in, don't really want to change their lives, but mm. that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm. So if you can go ahead and, invest in them, mm. pull them aside. And now we spend four months with these brothers, mm. build them up, get all their paperwork, documentation in order, you know, uh, break people free from this, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. These guys don't even have shoes. Mm. Cause like literally there's no IDs, no birth certificates, no mm. nothing. So it's not simple as get a job fair. So this mm. is my role when I'm at political some of these tables. Kids, some of these kids you're telling me. Yeah. Kids who are from Philadelphia. Absolutely. May not have... Don't, listen, currently right now, we have some who are in that process. So that's why for the first 30 days, we focus on getting documentation. They don't have bank accounts. And a lot of it is connected dots. They can't get an ID because they don't even have a stable home because they ask you for proof of address. Mm. If you can't have your birth certificate, now we have to help get them these documentations in order so that now they can go start applying for jobs. But you don't even feel like a whole person. Yeah. Job fair happens, you know, insert elected official. They throw a job fair. It doesn't do nothing for a guy who literally has nothing and can't go in there and really properly apply for a job. Mm. So we get all that stuff in order, man, so that they feel like a whole person. Mm. Then we spend three months after that with transformative training mm. to how we start to change the hearts and the minds. Because, mm. again, we build those levels of relation, letting them know this is how invested we are. And guess worth what? trusting. Yep. We're worth trusting and we're not here to manipulate you. It's nothing that we can get out of this right. while you work and build yourself up. So beat the block, basically. You 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 gain private funding. You take men that you've raised up, men who may at one point have been boys, who've been hustling on the street. You've you've kind of raised these these guys. Yep. They become like your sons in the faith. Yep. You basically pay them, you make it their job then to mentor and find kids on the street. Yep. And then get them off the street from selling drugs Absolutely. and from doing whatever. And you're getting them IDs and you're getting them in a direction to find jobs. You mentor them. You take them on camp, camping trips. You yeah. take them out of the city. You do all take them out of the city. You take them out of the city. New York City, we go out to eat multiple times. We we believe that experiences may bring different levels of exposure. Mm. And the That's more good. you're exposed to when you come from these environments, that increases a level of hope. Because mm. how can you have hope, man? And dude, you know what Philly looks like. We're going yeah. outside. People just, some of these, in some areas, other areas are nice. Yeah, yeah. But 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 these areas, <laughs> these guys are coming out to trash. And, and we're, we're mainly talking about North Philly, some places yeah, in West Philly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember there was a young man in our in our youth ministry. And uh this was before, well, not in our youth ministry. And you know, it was even before we had a youth ministry. And we took him, you know, on a trip out of the city. And like it was one of the first times he had ever been out of the city. And it was like, he's like, Oh, this this is grass. These are hills. This is <laughs> and it was and he's like like took his shoes off and like yeah. walked around on the grass. Yeah. And it was like, ah. Oh, I'm, you know, whatever. It was just so life-giving. Not that mm -hmm. being in the city isn't or can't be, but 
these experiences sometimes just open up the mind, yeah. bring oxygen to the brain, and, and absolutely, absolutely, seeing stars. Because you know, stars, when you yeah. live in, in big inner cities, street yeah. lights are everywhere, so you yeah. can't really see stars. Yeah. So a lot of them places, man, people look up like, yo, you see all these stars mm. in the sky. So yeah, man, I mean, and we get these guys jobs. You know, mm. so our last cohort, a uh, few cohorts we've had, like we've get guy, we get guys jobs. We connect guys to the process to getting CDL truck driver's licenses. Mm. We've great. We, we, we've, we've paid to get guys, you know, licenses reinstated so that they can, you know, go get other jobs where driver's license required. Um, and we, we, we are connected with employers. So we do get people, uh, once they, upon completion, they get, you know, job opportunities, man. So that's, that's great. And so, um, you know, when we talk about love, you know, I, I love, I like how you explained, um, like I want to, I want to, I guess, show somebody how I would want to be treated. I mean, it's kind of golden rule, right? Absolutely. Jesus 101. I think sometimes people say they love and, and, and really they just want to feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or they say they love, but they want to define love in a way that enables people. Yeah. Uh, talk about when you're making men out of boys, when we enable people, how... How does that hurt them? Man, um, enabling people um, is to truly contribute to their own demise and own destruction. Mm. So like, um, and this is why like we're very unique uh, in what we do because we're able to, we have that credibility, that respect like the young men that come through, mm-hmm. we're reaching, I'm reaching what they call the older guys, the mm. 30 plus who still may actually be involved. Mm. And I tell them, yo, I need y'all to grab guys that are 18 to mm. 25 mm. and send them my way mm. and we'll figure this out. So already through that connection, mm. they have a level of respect for me because mm. there's somebody else in the middle, mm. you know, but we challenge them. Mm. You know, we confront those issues. And what does that look like? And, show me Show me what you'd be challenging somebody with. I mean, listen, I, I have guys... We make them unpack everything. So, like, if we're talking about beef in the streets, we talk about, like, what happens after somebody gets killed? What's next? Well, then you go kill one of their homies or whoever did it. I'm like, what if whoever did it go to jail? Well, you you find somebody else that they cool with. So, I'm like, well, how many people keeps dying? Till, yeah, like till, when does till, it end? Yeah, I'm like, when does it end? But I mean, a lot of times, some of these conversations, they get heated because they're unpacking it. But for me, I love it because I continue to fire back with challenging questions and make them have to process it to the point where they sit there and they stop and they just say, you're right. Like, like it really doesn't make sense, yeah. you know? So so you have to be able to, but but it has to be a level of trust, you know, respect there. Sure. And they they appreciate it because nobody else is doing that. If we're not going into them environments, yeah. if we're not extending yeah. that love and building that level of trust yeah. or investment. Yeah, man, they're not trying to hear us just walk by and just say, "Yo, stop what you're doing." Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I can add now counselor and therapist to your uh, to your intro because it uh, <laughs> sounds like what you're doing. Oh man, a little bit too. You know, I think I think people underestimate just the power of the local church and. You know, institutions, particularly with Gen Z, millennials, institutions are, I think millennials are actually obsessed with institutions. They just don't want to give institutions any credit for anything. Mm. Uh, But I I just think, man, when we organize um, as people of God, as lovers of God, and, and we get out of our four walls... Uh, I think that's when Jesus is most pleased. We can have holy huddles and and you know glory gatherings and 
I can't think of any more uh, Christian cafes, <laughs> you know, yeah, Christian cafes. There's another uh, oh, alliteration. Uh, but, uh, but, but man, like, and that's great. We got to gather. Mm-hmm. We should be in church, but also, you know, uh, a theologian that I follow, he says, we're the church when we're in church. We're also the church when we're outside the walls of the gathering. We're the church when we're together. We're the church when we're dispersed. We're the church uh, when we are doing activities that is reflective of the whole mission of the church of Jesus. And I I just think this is the kind of stuff we got to be engaged in as the church of Jesus Christ. We're making boys men. I I mean, listen, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, mean, I'm I'm with you a thousand percent. I mean, the the great commission, he says, go ye therefore. And it's like, if if all we're doing is sitting and standing and praising inside, we're not really going anywhere. How do you get these boys to engage with Jesus? Or how do you get these boys to engage with church? Well, I mean, the thing is, truthfully, um, throughout the course of everything that I teach and everything that we're breaking down while facilitating, I'm always quoting the Bible. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we, we bring men in because like we, we really reach men. Like our mission is to, to really stop violence. So we're yeah. reaching people of all faiths, people who yeah. are into whatever they're into. Some people don't believe nothing. Right. And we watch guys who literally change that course and actually join the church, start coming to Bible study, it's great. start asking, yo, pastor, y'all doing Bible study? Yeah, actually tonight. So like seven o'clock, mm. like Wednesdays, mm. once this program ends at mm. three, come on back. You know what I'm saying? And we invite them in. It's organic. But, yeah, it's very organic. And yeah. it's just like, but we, I mean, I quote the Bible tons of times in the midst of our curriculum. And I mean, these guys are still like, wait, let me see that again. When we got slides and all that, they take a picture of that. Like, yo, the Bible said that? Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they begin to build that interest um, and they become intrigued by the word. So from that, um, and I'm constantly letting them know my transformation in everywhere that I am now and my abilities to do what I do and provide for my community and have the roles and positions and sit amongst people and do what I do, it's all because of Christ. You know, I, the best the best method of evangelism is to actually go evangelize. <laughs> I mean, and yes, that's, that's what we're doing. Yes, you indeed. Know, that, that's what you're doing. Um, all right, a couple more things. So, so it, maybe is there anything else that you do um, to kind of engage and try to raise up men, make men boys? And or maybe even a better question is: is what's advice you could give? to some boys right now, even though that they're men in age, but they're not acting like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what is, what's something you would say to, to some guys? One of the things that I always push is to have men, ask men or young men, especially young men, ask them, how much are you worth to yourself? Mm. You know, because um, we, we continue to tell people, man, a man that doesn't value himself doesn't value anyone or anything, mm. which is why we see you know, a direct reflection of that in our communities, Mm. you know, Um, even down to men valuing women. If he's not really valuing himself, of course, he's not going to treat you right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like we, we're we're big on value. How do you value yourself? How do you see yourself? What do you really want for yourself? Mm. And then from there, we push that method and model of accountability. Because now when you told me that Mm. this is what you want, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to challenge you and push you to everything that you said you want to do. It's not what I want, but it's what you said and how you value yourself. So then you start to change your people, places, and things Mm. based upon, you know, your level of value. Like, you're a person of value. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not going to go anywhere where it's just a waste of your time. It's good. Because time is precious. It is. And we we only have a little bit of it. That's good. Okay, so 
What else do you do? How do you engage? How did you start engaging in, in government? Um, yeah, and is there any other things, projects that you're, you're doing right now? Um, well, right now, um, I engage government on a plethora of different things, but... How did you do that, though? <laughs> so, there's something that... Uh, yeah, what's your story? Like, they're, what, they're, we didn't get your testimony. Can you oh, give it man. to us quick? A very, very brief, truncated uh, version of it. But at some point in my life, and when I was young, I became a product of the environment, of the block myself. You know, I engaged in a bunch of what stuff. What neighborhood? North Philly, born and raised. So, I serve in the same community that I'm from, um, and which is a blessing. And so, they get to see it firsthand, everything, the transformation. I'm always preaching to everybody, you know, get married, buy a house, have kids, you know, <laughs> stay where you're planted, make a difference, you make know? Make a difference. I mean, that's kind of what you did. Yeah, yeah. But what happened? I mean, well, man, I've been through the ringer of life, man. Yeah. Um, everything from growing up, my father was in jail, you know what I'm saying? I became a product of my environment, uh, you know, was running around wild, you know what I mean? I had my first son when I was a teenager, 18. Um, and found myself in a jail cell, mm. you know, because I was part of the destruction out in the streets. Um, was Had multiple charges I had to fight against. Ended up, you know, having to go through my trials and tribulations between sitting in a cell and also uh, sitting on pre-trial house arrest. I lost almost three years of life. Mm. So uh, through that time, I had a reverend from the church, mm. you know, that really told me years before that, man, that guy had a call in my life, the ministry, and did not give up on me. So, mm, um, and God bless his soul. He continued to stick with me. I continued to, you know, stay focused and motivated, man, on just doing what the Lord was really putting on my heart. And I told myself that, Lord, you give me the opportunity. I'm going to get out here and be a force because mm. I'm going to reach these young guys because mm. these young guys didn't have a chance to grow up because mm. you still see the boy in them, mm. even inside of prison. So mm. coming out, man, you know, I came back out here, man, and just really, really, really uh, stood on everything that I told God I'd do. And throughout that work. You started going to church? Yeah, absolutely. Connected, reconnected back with the church, was working with other ministries. My reverend licensed me in the ministry, ordained me in the ministry. Um, I started consulting churches on community engagement. Mm. Culture Changing Christians was originally founded as an outreach ministry. It wasn't that even was, a church. That was connecting building a bridge back with churches and communities. So I was reaching all the young folks and was trying to get these young people to get back into churches because I saw how the church lost its power within the community. Mm. From there, I uh, was called to pastor up in Montclair, New Jersey after teaching and uh, training the facility, you know, mm. facilitating the training up there. Uh, ended up accepting it and I was back and forth. I'm hosting big Bible studies here in the city, doing different things. We're still doing a bunch of ministry. Did a second location. So then we ended up doing a second location, planting here in the city after we actually planted up there. And so I'm commuting back and forth, doing all of that in the work. But through my track record and my history of the work, that's when, you know, through the Lord, you had everybody that was knowing what they were knowing that were political leaders and whatnot, just calling constantly seeing and calling on me. So that's just, I always tell you. people, you win with the work, you know what I'm saying? Win with the work. You got to win Come with the work. So, so that's just what it is. And then how did you, I mean, I know it wasn't just the cologne, you know, I mean, <laughs> how did you, you meet your wife? Like, Oh man. Um, I met my wife through a friend. Um, I actually met my wife through a friend on Twitter. Um, on and, Twitter? Yeah. I met my, my wife through a friend via Twitter. Twitter. And, and like, this was, man, I don't even know, like, Oh goodness! Dang! I was this saying, after, hopefully, she'll watch this. No, just so, skip it. So just it was probably, yeah, but twelve years spot. ago. So, um, but 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 yeah, man. Uh, just really, and in my mind and my heart was different places. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just I was more mature because I was in Christ. Yeah. So the way that I so moved, was post, the way that I thought, it was it yeah. was after Christ. Yeah. Yep. 
it was after Christ. And it was like, but where I was and where I was at mentally and just how I approached things and it was something extremely different for her. So yeah. she really appreciated that. And I think that's a good place to kind of land the plane because it's like, okay, the things that started to happen for you in your life was after your All encounter Jesus. with Jesus. All Jesus. You're at your lowest place, acting like a boy. Yep. And God, through your pastor, through the local church, made you a man. And then you started to do the work. Absolutely. And then God along with your cologne, <laughs> gave you a wife and a, oh, and a family no and doubt. ministry and uh, a hope and a future. Yes, what indeed. he promises to do. And I think, I think that's the word for us today. Well, I think there's a lot of words for us, but I think, you know, if I was going to have some takeaways today, I really love what you said. You win with the work. Yeah, you got to win with the work. And you, the work has to be in Christ. You want to go from being a, a boy to a man. You got to know your value. And, and you got to allow people to hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and if we're going to be the church, if we want influence, we, we can't just have uh, holy huddles. We, we got to move from, 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 the, from the chairs to the streets and partner and um, support, and, which, is, which is the beauty of the local church. And so... Definitely. Any final thoughts? I mean, I, I say to that value piece, you know, it's twofold. We got to also value... The young men and young boys enough That's good. to understand this. When we give a young person some responsibility, mm. you know, it's great. That that helps mature them too, because now they have they feel they they're valued enough. It's like what God does with us, you know, it's these true. filthy vessels. It's, it's like God, you wait, you want me to do something so for good. you, and, so and it's and it's like we act like the woman at the well. You want mm. me to give you a drink, mm. you know what I mean? So it's like mm. we we give these so we good. give these guys responsibility and let them know we trust them with something, oh, and, and and it helps give them a sense of responsibility. They get to to oversee something or help pour in and mentor somebody else, and that's how we keep this thing active and thriving. At the end of the day, like like every person that is a problem also is a person with a potential. Yep. And and if God if God uh looked at us a lot of times how we look at the the nuisances and the problems in society. Mm -hmm. We would be nowhere. Yet he looked at the thief next to him and and said, "All right, today you're with me in paradise." Absolutely. And, and I think God's looking at every kid who's a drug dealer or who's has nowhere to go or who's a problem or he's looking at every sinner and he's seeing the potential of a saint and uh, it's our job to make boys men. So thanks no for doubt. sharing this. This was great. And uh, I'd love to have you back at some point. Not um, a problem. Not a we'll, problem. We'll talk, we'll talk more stuff, but uh, I hope you enjoyed today. Uh, if you did, you should follow Carl Day uh, on Instagram uh, and all the different places. And also you should like and subscribe and uh, get the word out, share this so that men can act like it. Uh, I think our world will be a better place if more men do. So love you. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If this was helpful to you, give a good review and subscribe to the Block Church's YouTube channel. For more information about the Block Church, visit theblockchurch.org. We'll see you next time on Manners, How to Act Like Biblical Men.